have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Gentlemen, you are listening to the Animal Farm. My name is Ben Miller, and I'm chilling here with my fellow Jesse Ventura supporters, Tony Pack. Hello, Ben. And Pyeth, our third radio host on the South Board. Hello. Today is the 22nd of May, 2008. We've got a great show for everybody tonight. We're going to have Alan Watt coming up in the second hour to help us cut through the matrix. We've also got the latest news, and we've also got our Animal Farm analysis and your phone calls. Straight ahead, you are on the farm. I am absolutely appalled at how much people in this country do not think. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. Visit us on the web at animalfarmshow.com. Certainly no news. The economy is not doing that great. Ben, I cannot get over the price of gas. Every show we talk about it, but I'm flipping out. <laughs> I was asking I just, just, just paid $4.23 a gallon. Ben, if you think what? that's bad, and I, I, of course I want to go to the funny and the comic relief and the crazy articles first to kind of soften folks up, as we often do here on the Animal Farm. But, Ben, I was talking to Pyeth here uh, during dinner time. And, uh, you know, over some Chinese food here, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to contemplate what we're going to do as, as a family, as a radio show, but just in general, you know, what happens when we're paying $7 a gallon uh, for gasoline? And it seems as though we're heading that way. I mean, yeah. it broke 130 yesterday, it took one game, you know, loss today, um, the first loss in how long? But you got you to gotta ask the question, folks, you know, at what point do you have to make serious changes if you haven't made those changes already? Yeah, unfortunately, so, I mean, you get, you got to ask that question. It's a question that I maybe for the first time today I kind of asked myself, said to myself, "Wow, well, what am I gonna, what am I gonna do?" Well, that's exactly what, we, what are we gonna do? You know, and, and considering the idea that you know, granted, Ben, you have a family, I don't, so may, I might be in a little bit of an easier situation because I have less responsibility. But still, the, the question still remains. And, you know, it's not like it's gaining a couple of cents here and there and then over the last two years. It's gaining dollars every day. The barrel is horrible. It's unreal. $135 is where it's at right now. Yeah, $135. Oh, my God. It's it's crazy. Um, So, either way, and I started off the whole thing with this idea the economy is so bad that we have a family here. They're trying to sue the manufacturer of a baseball bat 
because their kid got hit with a foul ball. Check this out. A family oh, of a yeah. Wow. This is just another. This is just the kind of stuff that really kills me about people in this country. But a family of a boy who suffered brain damage after he was struck by a line drive off of an aluminum baseball bat sued the bat maker and others on Monday saying they should have known it was dangerous. Ben, I'm not kidding. It's incredible. Unbelievable. No way! Another great name here, folks. The family of Stephen Domlewowski, or Domlewski, who was uh, 12 when he was struck by a ball in 2006, filed a lawsuit in State Superior Court. It names uh, Hilrick and Bradsby Company, maker of the 31-inch, 19-ounce Louisville Slugger TPX Platinum Bat used when Stephen was hit. The lawsuit also names Little League Baseball and Sports Authority, which sold the bat. I can't, I can't believe it. It claims the defendants knew or should have known that the bat was dangerous for children to use, according to the family's attorney, Ernest Franzuto. Oh, I mean, nice kid, but a little dumb. <laughs> people, this is a quote, people who have children in youth sports are excited about the lawsuit from a public policy standpoint because they hope it can make the sport safer. Oh, I mean, this, what a load of crap. How much safer can baseball be? I mean, there's a hell... Oh, my goodness. No! Anyway, that's just one what of those... <laughs> what a bunch of winds we've turned into. Hey, huh? you, thank you. And that's exactly what Pi had said. This 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 country is getting as soft as bubblegum at this point. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You know what? Uh, just to go on here, Little League denies any wrongdoing, as does the bat manufacturer, and I cannot see them. If, <laughs> if they win this lawsuit, uh, I, would, I would be shocked. But then again... Well, you know, we always ask the question. They're trying to outlaw guns. And you, you, if you take the the amount of, of gun deaths, and you, and then you take the amount of bat deaths and and <laughs> knife deaths, and you combine the bat and the knives deaths, it's yeah. just as much as guns. So oh. what are they going to start doing? Are they going to start banning <laughs> baseball bats? And are they, they going to start banning knives? And I guess the answer is yes. They're probably going to start doing that. Soon. Yeah, I mean baseball's been, been you know baseball's been around since before the you know the 20th century here. I mean I think we know by now that you if you're at a baseball game, whether it's little league or or pro. You got to watch for foul balls, and you have to yeah. be careful. Um, and I didn't. The article here didn't say if he was actually on the field or if he was in the stands. But either way, again, you know, you have to kind of be careful. Uh, watch out for the foul balls. So either way, and we started off with these gas prices, and this is another one that it's humorous, but it's not because of what it implies. But the high gas prices have driven a Warren County farmer and his sons to hitch a tractor rake to a pair of mules to gather hay from their fields. T. R. Raymond oh. bought. Dolly and Molly at the Nixon Mule Sale last year. <laughs> Son Danny Raymond trained them and also modified the tractor rig so the mules could pull it. T.R. Raymond says the uh, mules are slower than a petroleum-powered tractor, but there are benefits. Uh, he has a quote from him. The fuel's so high you can't afford it, he said. We can feed these mules cheaper than we can buy fuel. That's the truth. Oh, oh man. This is true. Danny Raymond says he just likes using the mules around the farm. So, hey, I mean, why not? Mules are cool. Uh, we've been using them quite a bit. He says, um, brother Robert Raymond added, it's the way of the future. Can you imagine someone with, you know, experience in this field saying that the future of doing uh, the, 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 the hay is using mules instead of, yeah, the gas power because of the, the past. Prices. You know, and the, the the whole story here boils down to the idea that you know it's it's obviously costs less for this farmer to feed the mules to do the work than to buy. It's by that's incredible, it's absolutely unbelievable. So you know, well, you know, on that note, more than yeah. half of U.S. workers are going to skip summer holidays, according to a poll, because of the economy. I, I heard about this too. Yeah, more than half of Americans will not be taking a summer holiday this year, opting instead to stay home and save money as the U.S. economy slumps. 
a survey published Wednesday showed the economic no. downturn is leading to layoffs and stretched resources, which in turn leads to increased workloads and pressure to improve performance, said Tom Mushbach, senior manager editor of Yahoo uh, Hot Jobs, which conducted the poll. 51% of the Internet giant's 1,100 respondents said in an online questionnaire that they would skip their annual summer holiday. as a sizable cr- increase over 2007 when 45% went without a summer vacation. I'd like to stay here all day, but I gotta, I gotta go to Vegas. Yeah, you sure do, George. And <laughs> it, it really, it is something that you know I take to heart too, because my family and I used to go on vacation every summer. You know, when I was in school, and we all had a lot more time. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, we used to go to Jersey, the Jersey Shore, and it was like, oh wow, can we afford to to get down and, and drive 200 miles south? And I can only try to fathom now what uh, what they'd be going through cause, because of the difference in price of gas. I mean, literally, it's more than $3 now a gallon. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's just terrible. And, you know, look, that's a luxury. Vacation is a luxury, so it's not terrifically horrible that, you know, families can't go on vacation, but it's a lot worse than that, Ben. It has to do with everything that you buy, food, this whole thing. So, and, you know, the other thing that really bothers me is you, I watched a great report over the weekend on CNN about Brazil and how Brazil is pretty much 100% dependent on ethanol. They don't even use gas, therefore they're not even, uh, they don't depend on foreign oil. They have no stake yeah. in this whole war for oil in the Middle East. Uh, their cars run off of ethanol, and they produce the sugar, which they, of course, get the sugar came from, and then afterwards they use it uh, to produce ethanol, and it, it's a clean-burning fuel, and they don't, again, they don't have to worry about bombing countries to take uh, care of, of oil fields. So it just shows me, at least, and maybe I'm, you know, ignorant or something here, but it just shows me how behind we really are as a country. Uh, not because we're not smart. We're very smart. The country can be uh, still be the greatest country in the world, but we understand why policy is being made and fascism has a lot to do with it. Yeah. We should be burning um, a lot cleaner fuels. We're just not. It's crazy. And, and you know, like always, on the way down here, listening to Sean Hannity and the other neocons on the radio, yeah. uh, saying, you know, every time a caller comes in and says, hey, you know, we're having, we're having problems and, you know, they're taking away our rights or, or oh, we're having some economic problems and, this, you know, we're finding it really hard to get by. Neil Khan always says, oh, but America's the best. You can yeah. go anywhere else in the world and, and nobody's going to, you know, America's the best. Yeah. You know, I, you know I, I love this country. I've been to several other countries. I still, you know, America is, is, you know, obviously my favorite. I love this country to death. And that's <laughs> mostly why we're sitting here, why I'm sitting here, Ben. I'm but sure it's like you kid. point out something that, you know, there's a problem to fix in this country. We have to get ourselves off of oil. And they're just like, shut up. America's the best. Yeah. Well, well, see, that, and that's exactly it. The people, some people have gone so ignorant. And they, they, they fail to read anything these days. So even if you try to bring up a problem, they come back with the argument that, well, America is still the best nation in the world. So yeah. either, either deal with it or go somewhere else. They, you know, my question is so secluded from the idea of what America was founded on. Exactly. But, you know, the whole notion for us and what we're talking about here and, and the gas prices being so high and our dependence on foreign oil just being ridiculous right. is when are people going to say to these neocon bastards that are on the radio talking about stupid Obama's connections with stupid priest and or, yeah. or stupid pastor. Right. Meanwhile, people are dying at the Obama! gas pumps. Yeah. They're struggling to put food on their family. Yeah, I mean, what's, I mean, what's, when are people going to stop? When are people going to call into Sean Handy so and say, shut up, you ass. <laughs> stop talking about this nonsense. Our economy sucks. Why are you talking yeah, about this no, crap? Ben, it's a great point. And I'm not sure whether, uh, I'm not sure, what, you know, because obviously the more that we do this show, the more that people call in and send us information, and I'm going to shout out some of the people that have been calling in and sending us emails. Thanks for the great job. Mm. Um, I don't know whether it's yes. because I know more now than when we started the show, but the more I put on mainstream media, I was trying to watch, you know, uh, eat dinner and watch, you know, just, I guess it was a situation room with whatever his name is there. 
and I can't even watch politics on TV anymore. I can't even watch news because yeah. it's just about when we get back. John McCain denies allegations that Obama said that his mother had a hairy back. And when we get back, Obama disputes Hillary's claim that, you know, he's not really black. And I, just, I just I can't stand. Like, I went through high school once, Ben. And, and middle school, and I dealt with this type of stuff once, and I, I didn't like it at the time, and I couldn't wait to graduate to college yeah. to get past all of this nonsense about who said who's with this one and that one. You know, and again, like you say, we have so many issues, so many severe problems that are right out in front of our faces now. Uh, not only should we be talking about them, but yes, why aren't people calling in these stations and saying, look, you know, can we get off of this idea? Who cares what Obama said? Yeah. You know, we, we have a serious, we have several crises, you know, crises in our midst right now. So, um, either way, I, you know, and I have this thing from John McCain. I mean, someone uh, actually put out something called the real McCain. I think it's the, second, evil. Yeah, the second part of it. I'll play that uh, maybe in a couple minutes when we get back from break. But this guy has no consistency when he talks. And I'm not one of those guys who accuses people of flip-flopping, but let's get real. John McCain does not have a stance on almost any point. He talks to one crowd, he says one thing, and he can say the exact opposite, and he forgets scum. what he says. Total scum. So someone put a really good a little uh, montage together that really exploits John McCain. I don't know whether it's old age. And the other point that, um, and we'll get to the Jesse Ventura thing, but one thing that Jesse Ventura said outside of the new 9-11 comments was, it's very ironic that you can't, you're not able to work for the government. Uh, by law, if you're over 65 years of age, because yeah. you're too old at that point. Mm -hmm. And so he brings up a really good point. I thought that to be a very good point. I yeah. thought it was a great point that he brought up, I think it was with Larry King. He goes, you know, how come we're considering John McCain for presidency when he's over 65? He's not even allowed to work for the government. So we'll get to that clip and we'll play the room. I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, and, you know, and hats off to Jesse Ventura. Real quick, 512-646-1984. Folks, once again, thank you for your support. We really appreciate it and we will hopefully take your calls tonight, get to them. Of course, we do have Alan Watt tonight, and we do have mm -hmm. more or lie with Charles Ratner. I mean, there's so much to do tonight, Ben, that uh, let's get right to it. So I'll let you kind of begin the uh, craziness. I do have a couple more crazy articles that I'll just kind of sift in there just for fun, Ben, just to <laughs> add comic relief. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we have uh, bankruptcy booms going up. Uh, this is uh, this is out of uh, Newsweek, and it is called the bankruptcy boom. Uh, despite new laws, Chapter Sevens are on the rise. Melanie mm. uh, Fleischer lost her job in 2006 when her position as a program educator for Oregon's Washington County was eliminated. She was able to secure another job within the same office, and though it paid less, she and her husband, an op optician, managed to get uh, by on their combined incomes. Then the Fletchers decided to sell their home in Beaverton last year and move to a rural area near their relatives, about an hour away. That was when the trouble started. To get top dollar for their 30-year-old split house, the Fletchers decided to make a few upgrades. Since cash was tight, Fletcher used a credit card for $10,000 in new carpeting, uh, fresh paint, and a professional cleaning. She and her husband figured they'd recoup their costs since they sold their home. Unfortunately, the house sat in the market for nearly four months without an offer and ended up selling for 50000 less than expected. Fletcher's 50-mile commute from her new home didn't help matters. With gas spiking to more than $3 a gallon, she once again found herself relying on her credit cards, racking up nearly $39,000 in debt, and facing interest as high as 22%. She fell behind on one account, and the bank began calling her at home and work. It was horrible. I was anxious all the time, she says. If I, I knew if I couldn't find someone to help me, I was going to have to file for bankruptcy, which she eventually did. Of course. Um, more and more you see this happening. I hope you've one got story, you know. 
It's yeah, one it's, story. It's either that you're already poor and you're, you're screwed, or, or you're middle class and you're about to become poor because you can't afford it, or yeah. even the people who have the mansions are, you know, they're selling their BMWs just to make house payments. So either way, we're pretty much all getting squeezed. And I don't think it makes matters any better when you read stories and, and articles in the, in the news and CNN about how the Fed is now seeing the economy getting worse in the future. I mean, what does this say? So, okay, that's really great. You're the company that's printing the money and you're going to see the economy getting worse. Again, CNNMoney.com, the Federal Reserve sees worse economic problems ahead, according to new forecasts from the central bank released Wednesday. And, and again, Ben, I'm sitting here like, oh, great, that, that makes me feel a lot better yeah. that you're saying it. Uh, but even so, the Fed may be reluctant to cut interest rates, interest rates again or any further than it already has the minutes from last meeting show. Um, so I guess they released the entire minutes here. But uh, Ben... <laughs> Don't be economic girly man. Yeah, uh, Goodness, goodness, goodness me. The Fed lowered its economic growth forecast for the year. At the same time, it raised its projections for inflation and unemployment. And, okay, they're printing the money. So, you know, yeah. what does that tell you? If the Fed is saying it, it's one thing. Uh, a lot different than if you know, Bill O'Reilly is saying it or someone else in the uh, economic forum. But, yeah, it doesn't make me feel any better. And, and this, the, the question is, then, what are we going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I don't want to leave this country, but it's getting to the point now where you have to start thinking about emergency plans. Winter is coming. How are you going to heat your house? We'll be right back, folks. AnimalFarmShow.com. Of the 3 million-plus edible food plants that grow on Earth, no other single plant can compare with the nutritional value of the powder, seeds, and oil of the hemp plant. At HempUSA.org, we ship worldwide these nutritional products with free shipping to the U.S. and Canada. At HempUSA.org, we want to educate our listeners that edible hemp is not marijuana and is certified THC-free. Our powder is 50% protein and does not contain gluten. Gluten impairs the cells from absorbing nutrients. This nutrient-dense food can be stored up to five years when vacuum-packed and is priced affordably to be used as a storable food. HempUSA.org is a bulk shipper starting with five pounds and up. To allow this food to work for you, call 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org and order today. The body will react and heal itself given the proper nutrition. This superfood will be your greatest asset, so try it today. Store it today and change your life. Call 908-691-2608 or order from HempUSA.org. Everyone knows how the 9-11 disaster touched them directly. On May 11, 2008, every American citizen will begin the slow road to a national identity crisis. Every citizen, young and older, facing the Real ID federal mandate. After 5-11 this year, you will endure the indignities of TSA checkpoints at airports with demands for adequate IDs. Imagine one year from now being barred from entering a postal office or other federal buildings if you don't have your passport or Real ID. Since when have you ever needed a passport to fly from one city to the next in the U.S.? If Real ID prevails, you risk being cast as a terrorist if you can't provide an ID with a biometric face scan. Trusting motor vehicles authorities may be a thing of the past, but they put your personal information up for sale to those willing to buy your name, your address, your picture, or anything else ascribed to your driver's license. Your information will be funneled into an insecure centralized database where hackers and identity thieves can prey on you and your information. Worst of all, the federal government demands that you and your state pay to implement Real ID. The multi-billion dollar implementation stands to double the cost of your local IDs. 
It may not stop there. This federal mandate may take from other social program funding, like education, public arts, and other state-funded programs. Digimark, L1 Technologies, Veritech, and other Department of Homeland Security contractors walk away with a huge paid contract. What will you have? They promise freedom through security. If a hacker can walk off with your virtual driver's license, are you really safe? The 511 campaign is here to support you and your state legislators in a move to block the progress of this unconstitutional act. Please add your voice and actions to stop Real ID in its tracks. Please join the first 511 campaign committee meeting Sunday, May 11th at 3 p.m. at Brave New Books to help organize in Austin, Texas. For more information on 511 campaign and the Real ID, please visit beatthechip.org. News, politics, cover-ups, government corruption. You're listening to We the People Radio Network. WTPRN. Welcome back to the Animal Farm. Number to reach us, 512-646-1984. If you want to check out our website, animalfarmshow.com, go there, sign up for the forums. Definitely, definitely, definitely want to sign up for the forums. It's a, it's becoming a, a very big thing. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and like you say, Ben, become one with the Animal Farm. And we yep. love all of our listeners. So Absolutely. Thank you. So going back to uh, news, this is something I ran across. One of my favorite websites, uh, love it or hate it, and I, I have a love-hate relationship with it, is big, com. Yeah, I agree with you, Ben. Um, it's, it's, I just wanted to point out a couple things on Dig. Is, is essentially how Dig works is you have a community there, everybody signs up, um, everybody posts articles, and then the ones that the community feels are the most important, important get, get dug um, and pushed to the top. Uh, this one was... That's a fact. This one, record Obama crowd the size of city... Um, and, 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 yeah, you know, I know, this I know, is 75,000 people is not the size of the city. I hate to, I hate to break it to Plus, the person I guess I maybe this, a small, small city. Yeah, but, but <laughs> like come on. Town. I mean, how are you going to call that the size of the city? Anyway, uh, anyways, right. that's, not, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. They're, they worship Obama on this site. Of course. And it pisses me off really bad. It pisses me off uh, because I look at these digs, okay? And, you know, there's a comment section on the site. So people post their comments. Um, and, and they get dug up or they get dug down or they get buried as, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just want to go over just to show people how dig works. There, here's, here's, um, uh, somebody that put a, a really, uh, well thought out, well put together, um, kind of questionnaire in, in regards to dig. And I want to read it because it's, yeah, it's very sure. intelligent. Share it with um, us. They, this yeah, person. I can't read it. There's no, there's no word. <laughs> 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 what does that mean? <laughs> he says. Uh, he says. I know everybody thinks Obama is some kind of political messiah. Everything is going to be just fantastic when he finally takes office in January. But ask yourselves these questions: Of the 700 U.S. military bases worldwide, will Obama shut any any of them down? The federal government's outstanding obligations are towering 50 trillion dollars. Where does he plan to get that money without closing down the global empire? We've noticed, we've known since Reagan that income tax doesn't pay for anything except the interest rate on Washington's debt to the Fed. Is Obama even aware of this? If he is, does he have any ideas about what to do to change the systematic problem? The dollar is on the ropes. 
Would he eliminate capital gains taxes on gold and silver so Americans have the option of using something else if they mm-hmm. don't trust the sinking dollar? Sure. Finally, what does he plan to do as president to undo NSA surveillance of everyone's communication activities? Not just the Bush programs, but the Bill Clinton ones as well. Echelon Carnivore, is Obama really going to roll back 20 years of NSA growth? Is Obama going to do away with the Department of Homeland Security? Mm-hmm. Is he going to eliminate torture? And then he's, he concludes it by saying, I submit that he won't do any of these things. What will happen is that domestic issues will be emphasized and the sprawling empire will be pushed into the background. The same problems will continue, but you'll have the new shiny object to focus on, like that net neutrality or socialized health care. The games they're playing with you is so condescendence and manipulative, it's hard to believe so many diggers, a lot who are usually so wary of authority figures, are eating it up so eagerly. And this person got dug down. Really? Negative 44 digs. Well, that could be a good sign considering the audience, Ben. And, and you know, it, to me, you know, and not that I felt... Oh, crap! Yeah, not that I felt for the Obama candidate type Obama! stuff. Obama! Thank you. Um, but, you know, it's not enough just to have the word change on your podium, okay? It's you, you have to talk about real problems. And obviously the only person that I think has ever even addressed the real problems is Ron Paul yeah. in an open forum. I'm talking about yeah. candidates now. But and and Jesse Ventura, too, but he's not running. So. But to put in perspective, you know, this person asked yes. a great series of questions. Oh, yeah, because there's no response. It's just they just negatively dug him. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nine, there's nine like replies said, good to it, sign. but it's nonsense. Negative 44 digs this guy has. Okay, now let me read some, uh, a okay. dig that has 146. This person was positive. dug 146 okay. positive times. Uh, he says, Obama is going to win. Suck it, right-wingers. He's going to win. Well, that's, you know what, Ben, but that's just like on some of the other websites. If you go to the, I guess, traditionally conservative websites and you, God forbid, you try to bring up a real issue or 9-11 or something like that, they just get on you and they call you nuts. And even Sean Hannity now has a new, I guess it's somewhat of a euphemism when Jesse brought up 9-11 on his show. He says, oh, you're going Rosie O'Donnell on me. So now Rosie O'Donnell, like, like her or hater, doesn't matter. Now she is a euphemism uh-huh. for, I guess, a nut, you know, nut conspiracy, not because nothing can be right. Yeah. Obviously, different to confront Jesse Ventura on this issue, but mm-hmm. um, you know what, Ben? But it, it, shows, it just shows that both sides are so co-opted, you know? There's this worshipping yeah. of Obama. They think he's going to come in and they're going to change everything. He's going to change it. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's totally false. It's totally nonsense. They're just as stupid as Bushites going out there and commenting when this person says, Obama's going to win, right-wingers. Suck it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, he's going to yeah. win. Yeah. yeah. No, Obama just, is a Mac Yeah, just like so many things in this country, we have, and I say we, I mean, as the majority of these people that are positively and negatively digging people, keep that in mind, but like so many things in this country, we've turned Obama into a cult item. We've turned him into a symbol, a hockey team, a baseball team, a football team, where where we stand on one or the other side of the sidelines and we root for him. Uh, whereas we're not taking it into consideration that he, again, he's not really talking about real issues or real solutions. He's playing into the game. Now, he speaks very well, Ben, and I give him all the credit. He's a smooth cat, and he does know how to speak very well in front of a crowd. Yeah. But I don't personally see him talking uh, about real issues on a normal basis or, you know, talking about solutions uh, about the war. And, uh, yeah, there's no question in my mind that he's not going to really make differences. I don't think he's ever going to pull the troops out. I think it's just going to be another mouthpiece type thing. But, yeah, that's what Americans yeah. do. I mean, wh- wh- how many votes were casted last night on, on American Idol? Over 100 million? Oh, is it tell- does it tell you that's where? It? That can't be right. I think it's 100 million, Ben. I'm going to look it up during the break, but I woke, up, I woke up to this. You know, I usually have the radio or TV, something like that on when I fall asleep. And when I wake up, I, it, unless I was dreaming, it's possible. But I will double check, folks. But I think over 100 million votes were cast last night 
for American Idol for a fake <laughs> game show wow. where we find karaoke singers. I mean, it, <laughs> it is getting to the point now, folks. It is, you know, and that, it, but you know what? It's a good, You're right. li it's a litmus test, and that shows me where we are as a mass population. I know people listening are different. I'm not trying to accuse them, and I'm certainly not accusing you or Pilot and myself. You know, and not that, not that we're the best people in the world, but you know, at least we're uh, trying to find out what's going. At least we're trying to do something. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what pisses me off is that, you know, well, a lot of times we spend time talking about the New World Order, and we are going to get into the New World Order tonight with Alan sure. White. He's going to go White's over the whole, yeah, he's got a, the whole history behind it. You'll, you'll understand it from start to finish. This will be a great one-on-one class. I'm very excited for this interview. Yeah, but one of the things we talk about, we talk about how our government's so corrupt and, and this and that, but what, what does it say about us that we let them do this to us? That we just, very good question. It's, it, what does it say, really, about us? And this is the question that David Icke asks and I think is the most important question in the world. What does it say about us? I mean, we need, we we really need to, as activists, we really need to start hunkering down again, pissed off at people that don't understand the real problems of this country, or the ones that laugh at you for it when you try to point yeah. it out to them. Yeah, it's it's beyond reprehensible when you sit there and you try to talk about, uh, you know, gas being so high, and or when you try to talk about food prices and and you talk about the Federal Reserve and the fact that gold and silver should be our legal tender sure. and they laugh at you and they call you they call you you know radical that's the that's the word that for anything they don't understand or seem so different uh -huh. radical you're radical yeah no question nutty is a food cake yeah <laughs> it's a great question it's it's a huge debate and yeah i mean here's here's the scenario i mean who's who's responsible someone comes into your house and you let them rob you i mean yeah they're doing that they're actually committing the crime but you're letting it happen uh -huh. so uh Pyth and i were talking about old westerns over the past couple of days and he he had caught the Magnificent Seven, and one of the quotes, I don't know if it's the actual quote, but it's something like, uh, you know, if, if, if God didn't want them to be sheep, or if God didn't ha let them be fleece, then they wouldn't have made him sheep or something like that. <laughs> We're letting it happen. Nobody cares. Yeah. i got to get the real quotes. I, I botched it, obviously, but uh, we'll get, we'll get the, uh, the real quote there for you. But, yeah, it's just, you know, people, not only do they let it happen, but you try to tell them the difference and try to show them information they don't want to understand. They don't want to know. It's that, it's that point. I've been pushing this point for the past couple of weeks. We're, and I, got, I stole it from Glenn Beck, actually. We're a suicidal nation. We are a suicidal nation. It it's is. Like we want ourselves to die. You know, so, some of what Glenn Beck does. Yeah. Glenn Beck, for us, I guess Glenn Beck's a real hot, cold type topic. Sometimes he's right on, sometimes he's way off, but he's still a turd. Yes. And, uh, regardless of, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but either way, yeah, the question remains, you know, how much more will we let this happen? You know, where are all the, uh, where are all the patriots? Where are all the cowboys out there? Let's get going. And, and obviously we're broadcasting in Texas, so we're not trying to insult anybody. We know many people in Texas are aware they're the ones who are probably the most active for any state. But, folks, we're in New York, and let me tell you, it is quite different in New York, mm. even in the city. So, uh, you we're know, alone on a big, giant we island. We really are. And, you know, I'd like to get a gauge on how many numbers we really have and who's waking up and how many people are waking up each day. But, uh, folks, a lot of stuff to come on the Animal Farm. Jesse Ventura, big news. He's all over the media promoting his new book and some 9-11 theories. So stay tuned. We'll have the audio clips when we get back on the Animal Farm show. Stop being a lemon. Collectors, outdoor enthusiasts, 
Survivalists. The Army Navy store from your memory as a child is just that, a memory. But there is still one place to find everything from gas masks to ammo cans and find it cheap. MainMilitary.com. Get hard to find objects like real world blankets for under 20 bucks, canteens for just $2, or trioxane fuel for just a dollar a box. M-A-I-N-E Military.com. With free shipping on orders over $100. Not including heavy items. Find surplus items for cheap now. Like 30 caliber cleaning kits for just $2.99 a piece or a dozen for $30. Flare pistols are only $25. Want to add a brand new Israeli gas mask to your collection? Kids and adult sizes are just $20. Get G3 mags for just 2 bucks, or a military fuel can for only $16. And a siphon hose for another $7.99. Find it all online at MainMilitary.com. Their website is adding wholesale items all the time, like Uzi mag pouches. Get a dozen for just $36. Or Swiss rain ponchos, now for only $42 a dozen. And survival saws are just $60 a dozen. With shipping throughout the world, check out MainMilitary.com. Chemtrails in the air, genetically modified clone processed food, poison water, radiation, and stress have reduced many of you into toxic cyber blobs. You can't go on like this, and I know you don't want to. Do yourself a favor. Do your country a favor. Be the best you can be and start taking Enerfood now. Enerfood is easy to prepare and cheaper than a cup of coffee to take every day. And speaking of coffee, Enerfood.com has the best all-organic fresh coffee ever. It's fair trade coffee infused with rainforest polysaccharides to, like Enerfood, improve your immune system and not destroy it. If coffee's not your thing, try the all-organic Cocoa Mojo. Enerfood is spelled E-N-E-R, Enerfood.com, or give them a call at 866-762-9238. Mention WTPRN and save 10%. Try Enerfood because you can't be awake when you're always falling asleep. It's progressing, and it's only a short time until it's completely taken over every aspect of your life. We are entering martial law. There are ten telling signs of martial law. America has them all. Use the short time left to protect you and your family with the vital information in this book. Find this infobomb online in book form at survivemartiallaw.com. This book will tell you everything you need to know and how to prepare. Know exactly what you'll need to have hidden to live and how to survive under severe martial law. The worst part of martial law is in the beginning stages. SurviveMartialLaw.com will show you how to act around controlling troops, where to store life-saving supplies, and what to look for. Surviving can be difficult, but possible. Arm yourself with the knowledge, as this is the only weapon you will have to protect your family. Go to S-U-R-V-I-V-E-M-A-R-T-I-A-L-L-A-W.com or call 608-819-8011. Act today, as there will be no warning. Online and on demand, this is We the People Radio Network. All right, I think I, think I got the quote here. I totally botched it before. Magnificent Seven, great Western movie. I think this is the quote that, that I wanted to make the point of and failed miserably. If if God did not want them to be fleeced, then he would not have made them sheep. What do you like? How about that? Ben? That's good. You know, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, we're letting this happen to us, folks. It's our job. It's our responsibility to stand up and just stand up for what we believe in, at the very least, and then take action. Yeah. So, stop with this worshiping. 
Stop with the worst of it, it is. please. I got to tell you, I mean, the more I listen, and, you know, we'll get to Jesse Ventura, but the more I listen to this guy speak to anybody, to Hannity, to, to Larry, anytime I hear him on a, in any interview, God, does this guy make a lot more sense with just trying to tie things together. Yeah, he does a pretty good job, and, and I think his opinion sounds yeah, it's great. I mean, certainly. Uh, just after I finished saying stop worshiping people, but <laughs> well, I mean, no. look, but no, uh, at the same time, at the same time, you know, I don't agree with everything he says. I want to get right to it. Actually, uh, you know, obviously he was on Howard Stern. We'll play a little bit of that, and then he was on Larry King, and he was on Hannity and Combs. Keep it at real. That's right. So I'll play nice. a little bit of this one. Hey, you're one of those guys who believes, you know, that 9/11, that you, you don't believe two planes knocked down three buildings, right? Well, I, I, I. I believed it when it happened, and then after I got out of office, my son kept badgering me to pay attention to these things on the Internet, and I finally did, and I started studying it, and I started opening my eyes a little. And there's a lot of very difficult questions that have not been answered, and no one seems to want to provide an answer. So, again, right off the bat, I love the approach. Yes, yeah. questions, we need to answer them. It's not, yep. you know, like Alex Jones will just spit information like crazy, and that's great. But I like how he opened this up. I think it's very sound. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I said, and I remember 2005 when I first saw a couple of Alex Jones' films, was, wow, we need to get this to Howard Stern. Because Howard Stern not only is the most powerful DJ ever in history of mankind, but he also has a tremendous amount of people listening to mm -hmm. him. He's got tremendous power. And he Honestly, most of them are net with so Yeah, but you know what? But, it does, but that doesn't matter. Those are the people that were bitching and moaning about uh, a segment ago no. about how they're sitting on their asses and yeah. you know drinking until 6 in the morning and listening to the radio, which is fine. And I have, I'm in no position to tell anybody how to live their lives at all. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not holier than now. I'm just who I am. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to do my thing here. But uh, it's just the amount of people. Even if you could broadcast to, let's say, 10,000 people, which obviously Howard Stern has way more than that. If you can wake up 100 people by doing that, that's great. Yeah. In, in one show. Uh, so my point here, <laughs> trying to make my point, is that I want this to get bigger. I want Fred, who's supposed to be this, you know, tremendous genius uh, working for Howard Stern, and I want Howard and old Rob and all these people who, you know, have believed the official story like so many people have. Mm -hmm. I want research to be done. I want Ventura back on. I want a debate on the Howard Stern show. Howard Stern show can't always just be about sex and whatever else and eating stuff out of people's anuses. It's time to get serious now. <laughs> I, and, and the other thing about Jesse Ventura is that. I think, ooh, I think, <laughs> pardon me, I think he's going to get serious. I mean, he's already been on, every show he goes on, he's talking about it. So. Now, what's the most difficult question that you see? Well, that a third building could fall into its own footprint five hours later, having not been struck by much of anything. And so what do you think happened? Stories high. How did that happen? The 9-11 Commission didn't even address the issue. So what do you think happened? Um, I hate to fear what could have happened, that possibly we did it to ourselves. You're kidding me. Well, Howard, I worked in demolition for, and was trained by the best guys in the United States Navy being a frogman. And when, how could those buildings fall at the rate of gravity? Well, let me ask you something. It seems to me, I don't know much about this, but when jets go right into a into a building, couldn't there be so so much trauma to the area that things can fall? Yeah. No, because if you study how they built the buildings, those buildings were made to withstand a 707, which is that old plane with the four engines on the wing. Right. Well, that's as big as what hit it. And by my studying, they said it was built to where if a plane penetrated it, it would be like a pencil going through a screen door. 
it seems yeah. unthinkable to me that our own government. I mean, I mean, th- this would be nothing's unthinkable. Don't you? You're talking about power. You're talking about foreign policy changing over this event. You're talking about getting control of the Middle Eastern oil. You think Bush is smart enough to pull off something like that? And this is what kills me. I've talked to people about this type of stuff, not just about 9/11, but anything. Mm-hmm. And then I get this question about, "Wow, do you really think Bush is smart enough to do this?" And I look at these no! people like. Do you think Bush is really running this show? Mm-hmm. Are you so far gone? Are in you this, dumb enough in this, to think that Bush is in this stuff? fading republic? Do you, I mean, never mind what I think. Do you? I mean, here's the first question: Do you think the president is really the one in charge? If no. the answer if the answer is yes, we have a lot more work to do before we even get to anything regarding government conspiracies or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that I ran into trying to tell people was that was the fact that they always kept bringing Bush into it. They would drag Bush into it for some odd reason and make him the central figure uh, around what the thing was about. And you're like, no, you don't understand. This man is a very small part of the 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 complexes that run this country. You know, the the monetary complexes and the military complexes and the drug complexes and all that. He's a very very small part of it. Don't make him the central issue in it all. He's, he has very little to, to do with a lot that goes on. Yeah, I guess I take a lot for granted, and I do. I, I admit it, because I catch myself in a lot of times, you know, scratching my head and be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, step back a second here. But, yeah, I mean, regardless of 9-11 or anything, let's just talk about American government, period. Yeah. Uh, let's ask the question, you know, do you think our president, our current president, really has... You know, any authority, you think he really does anything or has any original thoughts? I mean, his scripts are written for him, first of all, but on top of that, so much more. Policies are all, you know, from his cabinet, from his, mm-hmm. from Dick Cheney, from the Rumsfelds when he was in, in power. They're centralized. I mean, yeah, he has the authority to veto bills yeah, that I are mean, coming forward. In and, law, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but you know. as, far as, as, as far as, you know, him being uh, bought and, and owned and, and literally a puppet of these these multinational corporations that are out there shilling and, and lobbying and stuff like that. He's yeah. he's an absolute puppet. There's no ideology that this man has. Hey, he's come on. His ideology is money. I can't believe it. So I mean again that just kind of for me that's that's a litmus test for people and where they're at. I mean they actually think, oh yeah, you know, the president's the one in power. He's in charge. So, you know, there's that clip. I mean it goes on, they question you know I guess uh, whoever else comes out, and they, they start questioning about, oh, well, there was so much weight on the building. And that's the other thing about the buildings, too, and I'm not going to get into a nylon debate here, but people have, believe what they've been told from the History Channel, that these buildings were, you know, not constructed with a lot of strength. They had no central columns. They were completely hollow. Mm-hmm. This stuff's been broadcast on the History Channel, and it's completely false. Mm-hmm. You can look, you can actually watch the documentary of the making of these buildings, and they were extremely strong, and they had those main columns. So, yeah. it's so just, this is, I mean, this is great what Jesse's doing here. He's coming out, he's going on a bombshell a show like Howard Stern, and he's putting out, yes. uh, you know, the information that he feels is necessary yeah. to put out, and it's just, what a, what a great thing, you know? I wonder how many, I, I, I wish that you could just measure the success of something like that, how many people actually went online and started looking stuff up as a result of him going on that show. That's how many, you know, that's... It's, and, and that's one of the things that we as activists need to get used to and we need to sort of accept that we may never know the, the, um, the help that we do to the world. Yep. We, just, we just need to keep pushing on and we need to know that what we're doing is right and to continue on with it. We may not get the measurable results that we want and it's not going to make us tingly inside yep. um, because we're not going to know. 
But I couldn't agree more. But we have to keep on pushing on anyways. And yeah, and here here's my additive to that uh, beautiful little speech there, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. I have tremendous respect for Rosie O'Donnell and for Charlie Sheen for what they've done, and, and other actors and actresses who have come out on 9/11. Okay, let's let's stay on this for one more second. Mm -hmm. The difference about Jesse Ventura is not just that he was he held office, it's that you can't make fun of him. It's easy to hate Rosie O'Donnell. She's a little chunky. She's not exactly a good-looking woman. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's easy, easy to make fun of and to, you know, I guess, um, demoralize her. He was a party dude. Jesse Ventura's a different story. Yes, he was a wrestler. Fine. He's a, he's a former SEAL. He's, mm -hmm. he's a genius and former governor. So it's not like, you know, the reaction can't be the pinhead patriot Bill O'Reilly reaction. It's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. He, you know, he used to date hookers and he did drugs. No, 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 no. It's different now. So they may play on him that he, like, lives in Mexico once a year, whatever the story is. But... The difference is he's he's a lot more credible. And the other thing I'm wondering here, Ben, is finally there's someone who not only just comes out publicly on Alex Jones's radio show, but he goes way beyond that. He's mm -hmm. going on the mainstream, the Larry Kings, the Hannity's yeah. of the world, and now the Howard Stern show. And this is what I wanted the other people to do. I and listen, I respect their their courage first and foremost. But um, it happened, then they go away from it for whatever reason, mm -hmm. this guy's not backing down. Yeah. He really is a true patriot. So He's got the yes, we're worshipping him, Ben. I call it worship. I, th I have tremendous respect for no, this guy. No, when, when, when somebody does something right, you, you give them credit for it. You don't worship them. You don't, you know, you don't look at their opinion as more important. The, the, my thought is Justin Ventura's opinion isn't isn't so important to me. I'll be honest with that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he's going on the air and he's he's making a point of these poignant points, which I think are important, Absolutely. which you think are important, which Pia thinks are important, Incredibly too, important. Uh, it's just, it's it's a very, very good thing, and I have to give him credit for that. Not worshiping him, I personally don't think that his opinion is more important than anybody else's, it's just that he... It's about the enforcement, though, Ben. Yes, he's enforcing he has, it. He has the ability to go on there, uh, to go on, on the television and spread the word in that way, and he, and he does have he does have credibility. And that's exactly it. And, and I remember, and, I do my best work when I'm being worshipped as a god. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, the thing with him is that I think he's going to take it farther than anybody else has been able to because of all the people who have had courage before him. So it's, yeah. it is, it's a culmination. So for him. Uh, more Justin Ventura when we get back. And I do want to play this Real McCain little montage, which is just brilliant. So, folks, AnimalFarmShow.com. Stay with us. We shall return. Are you guys having a killer time? This is Steve Shank, J. Michael Stevens Group. Let's get real. Flour is already being rationed. Prices on food are getting so high, warehouses are installing security systems and guards. You can expect soon to see criminal activity in food. We're all in a foot race as to whether the food will become so expensive we can't afford it, or there will be no food at any price. We can't grow enough of our own food, even with genetically altered trash. It will give you the opportunity to eat perfectly engineered food. They think God didn't get it right, so Monsanto had to step in. If you think it's a little bit crazy to put in a supply of food, it's okay. We won't tell. Call 800-409-5633 on the web, efoodsdirect.com. That's 800-409-5633. It may be a little bit crazy. That's okay. Because there is no such thing as a little bit dead. events or in emergency situations. The Berkey Light removes bacteria, cysts, 
parasites, and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, yet leaves in the nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey Light is so powerful, it can purify raw, untreated water from remote sources. The optional PF2 filter even removes fluoride. The Berkey Light has a rechargeable LED lighting system and an elevated base for use in places other than a countertop. To get your Berkey system, please visit We the People Radio Network at WTPRN.com and click the Berkey banner or call 512-646-6444. That's WTPRN.com or call 512-646-6444. Collectors, outdoor enthusiasts. Survivalists. The Army Navy store from your memory as a child is just that, a memory. But there is still one place to find everything from gas masks to ammo cans and find it cheap. MainMilitary.com. Get hard-to-find objects like real-world blankets for under 20 bucks, canteens for just $2, or trioxane fuel for just a dollar a box. M-A-I-N-E Military.com. With free shipping on orders over $100. Not including heavy items. Find surplus items for cheap now, like 30 caliber cleaning kits for just $2.99 a piece or a dozen for $30. Flare pistols are only $25. Want to add a brand new Israeli gas mask to your collection? Kids in adult sizes are just $20. Get G3 mags for just 2 bucks, or a military fuel can for only $16. Add a siphon hose for another $7.99. Find it all online at MainMilitary.com. Their website is adding wholesale items all the time, like Uzi mag pouches. Get a dozen for just $36, or Swiss rain ponchos, now for only $42 a dozen. And survival saws are just $60 a dozen. With shipping throughout the world, check out MainMilitary.com. Online and on demand, this is We the People Radio Network. All right, we're trying to get this forum thing going. We want more people to sign up for our forums. We already got a lot of people signing up, more than I, I thought, and uh, it's it's getting to the point where a lot of this stuff, it's hard to keep up with it. So many people no posting kidding. so many articles and stuff, it's hard to keep up with it. So we encourage you to go to the forum and um, become one with the farm. It's animalfarmshow.com. Top right, click the forum button, yes. and, um, and and check it out. Sign up and... And uh, start posting some stuff, and it's it's a great resource. Resource we have a suggestion box there, and we have yeah. the news and events and Ron Paul section, and a veterans corner where you could point, uh, you could post a veteran activist links and things of that nature. So it's it's a really good place uh, to uh, you know post full documentaries as well. It's just it's a great activist place where, where activists can meet up and and kind of just use that place as a staging point for their operations. Yeah, well, it obviously helps us, too. And not only do we get the information uh, from the people who have been emailing us and post forums, but yeah, uh-huh. other people get the chance to check it out. And the other great thing is now, you know, so many of my friends who listen to the show but maybe don't call in as much, they'll just send me crazy articles that they'll find, which I would have never found, you know, uh-huh. out of strange news uh, groups and stuff like that. So it's, it's great, and that's, you know, that contributes to the... Uh, the wacky stuff we talk about usually in the beginning of the show. So I appreciate that. And then just a special thanks to Jim, to Anthony from RingsideRevolution.com, and from Dan. Dan has been a super animal farm stud. Got to yeah. get him on the show because he's got a tremendous amount of information. Mm-hmm. But, Dan, uh, thank you for all the emails. We're getting to them. Hopefully get some responses. I know Piath and I have been back and forth responding. I know you have too, Ben. But uh, it really I, – I appreciate it so much because we just wouldn't have this information if it wasn't for the listeners shooting it over to us you know we're just trying to get our opinions out there and whatever information we find so yeah once again guys thanks for your support and, and definitely if, if there are you know if there are things that you know emailing us is great but like you said ben the forms 
allows other people to check it out. And we're going to be doing some some changes and promoting our forums. So please, folks, put the information on the forums and, and use it. Use it as a tool. You know, whatever we can do to get yep. the information out there. Yeah. Just to repeat that, it is animalfarmshow.com. Yes. All one word, animalfarmshow.com. Uh, check it out. And if you want to give us a call here tonight, 512-646-1984. If you don't want to give us a call, feel free to IM us. It's AOL Instant Message, screen name, Animal Farm Show, all one word. And we are going to be having Alan Watt on in the next hour to discuss the history of the New World Order. And Alan Watt's going to be playing America's Favorite Game Show. That's going to be more alive. So it's going to be interesting and fun. And uh, one other thing about Jesse Ventura, obviously being the big news this week, folks, not only 9-11 comments, yeah, okay, fine, but let's move on for a second. I love how he just says what's on his mind, no problem. He was having like a roundtable discussion with two other Democrats, Rangel and some other guy. Uh, and just, oh, man. Just, just, you know, and Rangel's all... sausage-looking... Oh, oh his voice is enough to kill... I want to bang <laughs> my head against a brick wall. <laughs> it sounds like death. Listen to this voice. Of his war service record, you were a Navy SEAL. This is Adam. Don't you well, feel a bomb? That's Larry King. I'll get to his voice. Maybe it's... You know what? He has yeah. the best view, and that's what makes America Get that man a get that man a Ricola or a Halls. But anyway, uh, Ventura's going on, and I just like how he constantly enforces the false left-right paradigm. So I want to and that he, enforces it. Uh, uh, well, enforces well, no, he he enforces the idea that, the that it is that it is false, and he keeps repeating it, and he keeps reminding folks that yes, it's all bullcrap. Wrangle this whole interview, Wrangle Charlie Wrangle, Democrat in New York, he's just sitting there with this poopy eating grin about how what a wonderful time we're living in. The Obama Clinton race is is so great to watch. Meanwhile, it's been one of the biggest embarrassments to political history in this country. Yeah, it back and forth bickering, this nonsense. Everybody's uh, all poor, can't afford yeah, food. Yeah, like he's just celebrating the triumph of the Democratic Party, which, of course, they're probably going to botch this whole thing anyway, but listen to how Jesse Ventura responds here. And that's what makes America so great. You don't have to have a lot of followers to have a voice. You'd have to agree with that, wouldn't you, Jesse? There's been no uh, election. No, no I wouldn't. I, I would beg to differ. The Democratic and Republican Party have put us $9 trillion in debt, Congressman. $9 trillion. Well, You guys are responsible for that. Don't be uh, telling me how hunky-dory it is <laughs> all throughout the United States of America. A baby born today will be saddled with $30,000 of debt before it even takes its first breath. Well, you don't have your hands full of running for the cops. Someone just got bitch slapped. Yeah. We're actually talking about who's going to lead the nation. And I think that's where Larry was going. And I really think this well, is an exciting put contest. It, put it Put it to you this way, there's a lot of talk. Let's see what kind of action happens. You know, in 06, the country voted for the Democrats to get us out of Iraq. They failed to do so. I don't see that they're going to have any major changes if they get this power that they claim right. that, that they're going to get. Yeah, People amen. Say, yeah, no, it's over. That's it. No, oh, okay. Not only did they, <laughs> did they plan, uh, did they campaign on getting us out of Iraq, sure. They campaigned on impeaching Bush. Oh, of course. Pelosi's big thing. First thing. Then she said, oh, it's off the table. First day after they get elected. First freaking day. Within the hour, in their speeches, they were saying impeachment is off the table. They're so lucky that they have a nation of just docile idiots. Docile. <laughs> and I'll tell you the truth, Ben. As much as we, you know, we criticize and we say, oh, they're a bunch of idiots, I, I just really feel that there are such a, there's such a large volume of, of Americans out there that 
work so hard and they have to do so many things to keep their life sustained. It's not just the luxury people. I'm saying uh-huh. feed the kids, get them to school, pay for school, pay for education, yeah. you know, health care, this whole thing. That it's just so hard to to pay attention to what's going on. It really is. And I, that's why I I'm, know. I, I'm not I trying under- to take for granted that I don't have all those responsibilities. I'm trying not I to take that for granted. I understand that and, and you know, I I have a very large portion of those responsibilities, all of them practically. And right. and I work really hard to not only do those but to get the word out and, and, and to understand what's happening at this country. And when people laugh, good, like the majority of Americans out yeah. there, they will laugh. When they do that crap, it pisses me off, man. Well, yeah. how, could, how could it not piss you off? And, and the fact that they're just so docile in, like, worshipping Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. How could you not be pissed off at your fellow American if, you're, if you understand what's happening out there? Yeah. How could you not? Are there things that make you angry? Yeah, and the things that anger me more than that, Mr. Rogers and, and Ben, is not just the people who, oh, yeah, you know, my party's better than this party, but it's the people who don't, who refuse to look, you know, past the glass. Uh-huh. It's not, you know, if you have your political views, fine. At least you're thinking. Yeah. Somewhat. But yeah. The thing that kills me are the people who say, "Well, that's that's just BS. I I, I don't want to know that. That's ridiculous." Yeah. Who just tune it out because their belief system doesn't allow it to come in. So you know, going back to just Ventura, it's just it's it's a it's a nice breath of fresh air to hear someone on the mainstream uh, shows. And Larry King, let's be honest, I mean the guy's a legend, but his show has I mean, is it me or has the show just gone to garbage every night? It's like just some new actress who's who got drunk for forty years and now she had like an affair. It's like. There's no information on Larry King. Uh-huh. It's, it's not often. Um, last two shows that I thought were good were the Jenna McCarthy Autism Day Awareness Day, and and then of course this one with Ventura. But I liked uh, uh, his special, his UFO special. I thought that was really interesting. I missed that. So there you go. Did a very one. large round table with George Norian. And, oh really? Uh, had all the oh, UFOlogists. It was it was really good. It, it, probably find it online somewhere. Nori is is definitely king in my book. One of my favorite uh, just favorite persons in the world. Uh, I he was the gentleman of all gentlemen. He really is. He's a, he's a straight up gentleman, and I, I can't even. You know, I have like no time to play this McCain clip. Let me play a little bit of this McCain clip. The neighborhoods are safe. We walk down the streets with no body armor on. McCain's delegation was guarded by more than a hundred American soldiers with three Black Hawk helicopters and two Apache gunships overhead. General uh, Petraeus goes out there almost every day in an unarmed um, Humvee. Because uh, they checked with General Petraeus' people overnight. They said that he, he never goes out in anything less than an up-armored Humvee. Well, uh, I'm not saying that they could go without protection. (laughs) I've been involved in every national security issue for the last 20 years. I am prepared. I am prepared, need no on-the-job training. Al-Qaeda is going back into Iran and receiving training. You said that the Iranians were training Al-Qaeda. I'm sorry, the Iranians are training extremists, not Al-Qaeda. I've come here and told these people never again. Never again will a disaster, either natural or man-made, be mishandled in this fashion. McCain said if he were in charge during Katrina, he would have been on the ground helping. The morning that Katrina made land mere hours after it hit, where was Senator McCain? Celebrating his own birthday with President Bush right next to Air Force One on the ground in Arizona. Senator McCain, you have said repeatedly, quote, I know a lot less about economics than I do about military and foreign policy issues. I still need to be educated. Actually, I don't know where you got that quote from. I got it from John McCain, and here it is. I'm going to be honest. I know a lot less about economics than I do about military and foreign policy issues. I still need to be educated. 
I've got to convince people because of my extensive background on the economy and knowledge. I, I not, don't have that kind of expertise to know exactly whether he has cut. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stop it there. It, it's warps. called The Real McCain. I think it's actually part two. I guess there's one, you know, one before. I didn't catch the one before. Incredible. Uh, check it out on YouTube. Stupid bitch. <laughs> uh, you know, folks, I don't know if it's the old age, and I have the utmost respect. He is a veteran, so, you know, I, I, I don't know what this guy's gone through. But, again, I, I think it's, for him, I think it's uh, maybe a mental lapse. I think he forgets what he says. Uh, this guy scares the hell out of me, Ben, uh, when it comes to him being the president. And he, let's be honest, he's got a legitimate chance here. And I think against Obama, you know, for whatever the election's worth to you. This is a guy when asked in 2000, he was asked uh, what did he think of George W. Bush and went out of his way and said, George W. Bush is as dumb as a post. Right. And you now know? he's following yeah. all the exact same policies that this that this uh, post <laughs> is now uh, is now putting. Yeah, he's, course, he's incredible. incredible. Yeah. I, I like to say he's consistently inconsistent. It scares the hell out of me, folks. And I want to know uh, how you feel about it. Let me get back, though. Alan Watt on the Animal Farm. Yes. Going to be playing some Lorelei with Charles Ratner. So much to come on the Animal Farm, what? folks. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Short break. Well, this would seem to me a good time for a break. rights protect every American's God-given right to keep and bear arms. Now that right is being seriously undermined as legally registered rifles are being confiscated in some parts of our country. If we're not careful, we may find ourselves with no right to own guns. And that's where Gun Owners of America comes in. Gun Owners of America is in Washington every day fighting for you to keep that right. Congressman Ron Paul has called GOA the only no-compromise gun lobby in Washington. You need to be part of this great grassroots group of activists who are keeping the heat on their members of Congress. Find out right now how you can join. Call 888-886-GUNS and get started receiving their fact-filled newsletters and action alerts. Call 888-886-GUNS or go to their webpage at gunowners.org and help make your voice heard in Washington. Make that call right now and call Gun Owners of America at 888-886-GUNS. Remember, it's not just about gun control, it's about control. All right, folks, welcome back to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. We are going to have Laura Lai. Alan Watt should be on the farm very shortly. He will be joining us tonight. We have lots, lots of questions. Uh, we're going to probably just do Laura Lai first, though, this way we can kind of segment it out. Once again, we have Charles Ratner. Charles, can you hear us on the phone? I can. How are you tonight, Charles? Doing great. How about you, gentlemen? Ah, uh, Charles, it's doing doing great. It's been a long time, uh, folks. For you, those of you keeping track, Hello? this is our twelfth episode. Only eight more after this one, uh, Ben, until we have a full season of Lorelei. Nice, Ben. Obviously, you're in the lead here. Five out of eleven. You've been right. I'm only three for eleven, and Pi is still, unfortunately, in the basement with two out of eleven. 
Uh, I am going to cue up the music here, Charlie, and then we're going to play uh, another episode of Lorelei. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to play... That's right, folks. Truly America's favorite game show, no matter what anybody else says. Lorelei, this is what's going to happen. Charles Ratner, certified lawyer, is going to present us with four laws. He's evil. Oh, boy. <laughs> One of these four laws is actually not true. It's a falsity. Uh, I guess Charles is going to make it up, like he always does. And he's very, <laughs> he's tricky with these damn laws. So sneaky. He really is. So you have to guess at home, folks, which law you think is bunk, although they're all going to be ridiculous. That's why the game show has such an attractiveness to it. Mm. And that's why it's so difficult, because uh, Charles is so good with his rules. ridiculous. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, Charles, once again, thank you for joining us. Good stuff. I'm going to turn the uh, phone here over to you, and then you're going to present us with tonight's Law or Lie. Paya? Okay. Here we go, gentlemen. Uh, and listening on is Law number one. Uh, in Brattleboro, Vermont, all these have to do with Vermont, by the way. Sorry. In Brattleboro, Vermont, it's illegal to hold a tax sale or a yard sale without a permit. In uh, law number two, in Burlington, Vermont, it's illegal for anyone 21 years or older to wear a mask or a hood that conceals their identity during a public march, parade, or meeting. Law number three, under the Vermont Constitution, the citizens of the state of Vermont cannot be subject to martial law. And law number four, under Vermont state law, any two persons of the same or opposite sex may enter into a civil union. Oh, boy. All right, like always, folks, I'm going to repeat those laws because it's tough the first time through. They don't really sink in. For me, they never sink in. Uh, okay. Yeah, me neither. Once again, which, which law is bunk? Which law is false? Number one, this is all about Vermont. Good stuff, Charles. I like where your head's at. In Brattleboro, Vermont, it is illegal to hold a tag sale or yard sale without a permit. Very interesting. In Burlington, Vermont, law number two, it is illegal for anyone 21 or older to wear a mask or a hood that conceals their identity during a public march, parade, or meeting. Ooh, that's interesting. Hmm. Number three, under Vermont Constitution, the citizens of the state of Vermont cannot be subject to martial law. And number four, under Vermont state law, any two persons of the same or opposite sex may enter into a civil union. I have my uh, choice, gentlemen. When you are ready, let us know. Charles, great job once again. You always do a great job every show. Uh, are you ready, Ben? I'm ready. You have your answer, Pilot? Do you have your answer? You're holding it up? Yep. Oh, oh, we have a three for three and for a three. Interesting. I think we all smelt some Charles Ratner bait here. It smells funky. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to see what happens Okay, here. number three. We're all picking number three? Yes. Okay, so folks, we're all, we're, we are all saying here, and that's interesting. We didn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't go first. We all picked number three. Yeah, just to give people an idea, this is how we do it in the studio. We all write it down on a piece of paper, yeah. and then we all hold it up at the same time. That's how it works. Once we, yeah, just to let you After know. we caught Ben cheating once. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, so we're all saying that under the Vermont State Constitution, the citizens of the state of Vermont cannot be subject to martial law. We all think that that's false. The drum roll, the Charles Ratner, then the answer. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, it's number four. Oh. <laughs> Darn. Actually, Son of a bitch. 
You actually have to be of the opposite sex to be in the civil union. Otherwise, you have to get married. If you're the, if you're the opposite sex, you have to be of oh. the same sex to be, have a civil union. We have just but been Vermont bitch Article 17 does pr protect Vermont citizens from declarations of martial law by state or officials. Oh, man. Charles, you rat. You're really a rat. <laughs> rat. <-ner. laughs> William Ratner, Charles Ratner. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, great job. Okay, so there you go. So, see, we're not that good after all. We, and we sink even lower. So, oh, well. oh my what God. What are you going to do? Five, two for 12, for, five for 12. What a terrible year we're having. I mean, oh, boy. All right, well, Charles, thank you once again. Anything else on your mind tonight before we take Alan Watt? No, I will give my best to Alan, and uh, everyone have a happy uh, Memorial Day weekend. Oh, well, thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. That's right. I almost forgot about that. Uh, folks, there it is. America's favorite game show, Laura Lie. We, we do it to keep you entertained, and we do it to keep us sane. Um, it's a great time. So, folks, when we return on the Animal Farm, so much more to come. Alan Watt is going to join us, and we are going to get some serious interview skills going here. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. <laughs> Hey, you're listening to Ben, Tony, and Pyatt on Animal Farm Radio Show. Hey, you touch that dial, I'll break your f***ing head. Matrix.com. Alan Watt is a long-term researcher into the positive forces behind major changes in historical development. His beliefs are that of a Renaissance man with a background in three professions, plus having various books published under various names, on religious, philosophy, and poetry. For much of his life, he was heavily involved in the music industry as a song singer, songwriter, performer, and was involved in folk music, blues, pop rock, and even classical. Also known for his session guitar work, he has played with some of the most well-known artists and groups. Born in Scotland, he watched the subtleties of politics and media as he guided the population of the UK covertly into a, a European uh, amalgamation. He has been warning the North American people for some time uh, now um, that the same process, process of amalgamation is being carried out with historical documentation. He shows how cultures are created and altered by those in control, always to lead the people like sheep into the next pasture. And we are pleased to have him on the Animal Farm tonight. Thanks for coming on the show, Alan. It's a pleasure to be on. <laughs> All right, so, Alan, one of the reasons that uh, I wanted to get you on the show is, uh, number one, you're brilliant. You're smarter than uh, a lot of people that I've listened to in, in terms of the understanding the New World Order and the, the way it works. So I really wanted to give uh, people almost a history lesson and, and wanted to start, up, start off with something basic to to really give people the scope of, of what it's all about. So if you could, could you just please explain what is the New World Order? The New World Order, although it's, an, it's not really, it's called the New World Order, it's an old, old idea of having a controlled and planned world society uh, that really is a merger of two systems, and that was the Soviet system and the capitalist system but out of it has become an efficient, planned society. In other words, eventually down the road, everyone who's born will be born only if there's a, a function for them to serve. And that's the key word, is to serve the world state. And people have been categorized.
categorized all through their lives from school onwards for generation after generation into a eugenics program where the elite have long ago decided on uh, who are the junk genes, meaning the commoners at the bottom. Will there be a future for them? Well, they don't need them. So we're going to eradicate them uh, under the guise of overpopulation. And interestingly enough, because they know that most people live their whole lives without an original thought, they really don't. Uh, thoughts are downloaded into them, opinions are given to them, and they adopt opinions. They must have the consent of the public for every part of this agenda, including down the road, very, very soon, in fact, uh, voluntary um, sterilization in order to save poor old Mother Earth, you see, and bring the population down. And when you look at what's been taught scientifically, it's a scientific socialism, you might say, what's been taught even in kindergarten onwards today, they're gearing them up towards this world where you'll sacrifice yourself, if need be, for Mother Earth. It's a, a religion of sorts. It uses all of the techniques of religion because religion has uh, worked so well in the past. Uh, Michael Gorbachev, who is part of this uh, structure for a global society, uh, said that we are creating a new world religion and it will be based on a form of earth worship. By that, he, he meant that you will literally live to serve Mother Earth. And of course, Mother Earth has a new priesthood. There's always a priesthood. And you find it's the experts, the scientific society, who already have declared that they're just too superior for the rest of us to be around. And they have the natural right. They're the natural aristocracy, as they call themselves. But in reality... Uh, all scientists who depend on grants and funding from the wealthy, the already established wealthy elite, they're just the lackeys of those at the top. So at the top of this system, you have very old families who've held on and acquired more and more power down through many centuries, and they've declared that they're at the top of the Darwinian tree, and beneath them you have the scientific society that makes the weapons for them, including weapons that eventually will control the mind. And they plan to run the whole world, as I say, in a planned, not just planned parenthood society, a planned society for every country which will be subservient to a global government. And that's it in a nutshell, really. Um, it sounds rather blithe and quick, but that's really what it is. And you find... The, the embryos of this going as far back as the 1500s in the writings of people like John Dee and Francis Bacon of London, England. They already... So Alan, you're, you're basically yeah. saying that there's an utter, basically a, a centralization of a certain set of ideological beliefs in terms of uh, centralizing the economic systems, the religious systems, the social systems, and yeah, everything. this started a very, very long time ago? Yeah. Wow. Now, how long ago, and, and who, who was it that started it, and what is the, the chain that brings it into today's society? Well, what we have, really, are, is one main start, one main start, and that, that was whenever, whenever and whoever uh, first weighed out gold and said, this is going to be the most precious thing on earth, and people are going to use this instead of bartering with each other. That was the first uh, introduction of a system which took over everything else. Because once you accept money, whether it's weighed or minted or whatever, uh, you just put yourself out of the picture as deciding the value of something that you want to trade. 
The third man, the middleman, is the man who now controls you in the system, and then your labor is taxed back from you because you use this money. You can also employ armies to go off and conquer people and have standing armies. You would never keep an army together without pay. So money really was the key, but we find it was fairly static in its, the way it worked with oligarchical families for thousands of years up until the Middle Ages in Queen Elizabeth I court. And in that court, also in Germany at the same time, the Rosicrucian Society broke out openly and talked about bringing in a, a new system, a new world system. And John Dee and Bacon and others around Queen Elizabeth I court were open Rosicrucians. And they talked, and they, co they coined the term a British Empire, a British Empire, they used the Y instead of an I, uh, would, would be formed, created, and would become an empire of the world. It could change its names, it could even change its location, its central location, down through time. But the whole idea in the 1500s was to create a, an empire where vast amounts of people and populations would serve the same type of system which is today called democracy. And that in itself is a sham because we've never had any democracy. We have simply something that stops us from having revolutions every four or five years, and that's voting. Uh, so John D. coined the term, even coined the term free trade, because everybody who joined this, this world system would be given a form of free trade, and those who complied and adopted the same governmental system would be given uh, a title, the title being uh, most favored nation status. And that's the very title we just gave recently, a few years ago, to China. So that was coined 500 years ago by people in London. So we're simply living through a long, long-term strategy. And some people in the 1700s, again, various Masonic institutions, um, I'm sure some of them had some other idea of it. Not everybody, in, and even in masonry, uh, knows what's really going on. And they were given idealistic uh, projections of the future, and there's no doubt about it, the Mason Masonic Lodges led rebellions in the United States and in, in France. And they, they hoped to bring in this, this new better type world, at least at the bottom levels. But I'm sure the boys at the top knew better. We find friend, uh, Benjamin Franklin saying that the, the federation of these United States will be hopefully the beginning of a federated world system, a world government. And... It'll be run eventually by a, a council of 12 wise men. That's what he said in his own diaries. It's amazing how far back it goes, Alan, when you look at people talking about the New World Order. You know, some people think it's only as far back as maybe the 50s or 60s, but it's obviously way, way back in the day. And uh, first of all, folks, Alan Watt, we're talking to Alan Watt, uh, Cutting Through the Matrix. Dot com. Alan, you have three books, you have DVDs. Um, would you mind taking phone calls tonight? Because we're going to have a lot of people probably call in to want to talk to you. Sure, yeah. All right, great stuff. We have a, uh, so many questions, Alan. When I get back, you know, we have a break coming up. When we get back, I want to know what the, you know, what the best way you find to talk to people. Because obviously you have such a wealth of information and knowledge. Most people can't comprehend what you just said at all. It, it just bounced right out of their, their brains. So when we get back, I want to ask you a couple questions about maybe the most effective ways to kind of get people involved to just start thinking about this. So, uh, folks, stay tuned. AnimalFarmShow.com. We have Alan Watt on the line. Much more to come. Your phone calls and more interviews. Stay tuned. Oh, no. We're all doomed.
HempUSA.org is now offering free shipping worldwide to better serve our customers. Our goal is to get these fine hemp products to you in the least amount of time so you can enjoy what the powder seeds and oil can do for you. HempUSA.org has a warning that the U.S. food supplies are dangerously low, and we urge you to protect your family with hemp storable foods today. Tomorrow may be too late. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. This incredible food source is loaded with enzymes so your body can digest the food you eat. And it creates an alkaline environment where cancer can't grow and parasites cannot live and brings funguses, viruses, and bacterial levels down and to a halt. Try our powder seeds and oil today. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. If the body has the proper nutrition, it will heal itself. Ask yourself, why does our government not allow this crop to grow in the U.S.? This product is also great for pets and animals. Call 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. Collectors, outdoor enthusiasts, survivalists. The Army-Navy store from your memory as a child is just that, a memory. But there is still one place to find everything from gas masks to ammo cans and find it cheap. MainMilitary.com. Get hard-to-find objects like real-world blankets for under 20 bucks, canteens for just $2, or trioxane fuel for just a dollar a box. M-A-I-N-E Military.com. With free shipping on orders over $100, not including heavy items. Find surplus items for cheap now, like 30 caliber cleaning kits for just $2.99 a piece or a dozen for $30. Flare pistols are only $25. Want to add a brand new Israeli gas mask to your collection? Kids in adult sizes are just $20. Get G3 mags for just 2 bucks, or a military fuel can for only $16. Add a siphon hose for another $7.99. Find it all online at MainMilitary.com. Their website is adding wholesale items all the time, like Uzi mag pouches. Get a dozen for just $36, or Swiss rain ponchos, now for only $42 a dozen. And survival saws are just $60 a dozen. With shipping throughout the world, check out MainMilitary.com. Deadline Live and Jack Blood are proud to announce our new bookstore. Okay, it's not really our online bookstore where you can get every title, book, and DVD you hear about on our live show. It's brought to you by the people at Brave New Books. BraveNewBookstore.com is the newest, bravest, and most complete bookstore online today. And their DVD selection has all the titles you need to decode the New World Order and fight the information war. BraveNewBookstore.com has awesome t-shirts to proudly display your patriotism and liberty stickers to alert the public at large. Brave New Books is physically located at 1904 Guadalupe Street under the Chase Bank Building next to UT in Austin, Texas. So stop on by and maybe stay for one of their film showings. Go to bravenewbookstore.com now to peruse the virtual bookstore and look for the Jack Blood recommended section. Or call them at 866-516-6623. 866-516-6623 to order the books and videos you hear about on Deadline Live. Be the resistance. Tell your friends about bravenewbookstore.com. Great host. Great topics. Free speech at its best. This is We the People Radio Network. You're not hallucinating. You are listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show. It's really happening right now. We are speaking with Alan Watts. His website is cuttingthroughthematrix.com. He's got three books, Cutting Through 1, 2, and 3. He's got DVDs for sale. Folks, check it out. Uh, Alan, before we get back to business here, it seems, though, you're actually also an accomplished black belt because on the site here, it's the, one of the greatest logos I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I have I like a picture one, of you yeah. here. 
<laughs> I have a picture of you doing a like a Bruce Lee style jump kick, maybe more like a Chuck Norris style, <laughs> kicking the top of the pyramid off, which is it's brilliant. It's pure brilliance. What gave you that idea? Well, when I was in Egypt, I had I did this little team over, so I thought we'd just do it on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, well, why let it go to waste, eh? <laughs> exactly. Typical, typical animal farm, all fair talking. We're talking about, like, making video games of you and, you know, all kinds of kung fu renditions of you uh, beating down the New World Order. So, once again, folks, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, definitely check it out. Alan, before the break, we... Oh, and just, just so you know, if you hear little sounds in the background, that's Pyth. He is our third host. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the format. He, he does uh, all the... Hello? Yeah, he speaks through sounds there. So yeah, so Alan, before the break, I, I wanted to ask you. This is the kind of question I ask all guests, so it is kind of a, a cheat by me. But I like to know, you know, when I talk to people, I find some methods are effective in trying to wake them up, or at least get them to think about government differently and and about the role of government, that whole thing. What do you find, given so much, you know, since you have so much knowledge and, and you're so deep when it comes to history with this, uh, what's where do you start when you talk to someone who is probably not experienced in this field? What do you start with to try to wake them up? If you're really trying to wake someone up, you have to test the waters of that person first, test them, and see if there's even a point in waking them up. Right. Um, <laughs> you, you'll know if there's, yeah, if, if there's a nature in them where they're animated, they might be of use to society. There's no point in teaching someone something if they're going to do nothing with it, especially this kind of topic, because it involves not just us, but all those still to come. And uh, you, you have to take your, you know, share your time very carefully with people, because many people now, today, at this stage of the game, who will come out in front of people and speak openly, there's no point in teaching people who are going to just put it under the bed and sleep on it, and uh, they're afraid to, to even talk about it. So be very, very careful who you start to, to discuss it with. And it's so complex today because we've had such a mind job done on us. It is called, Huxley talked about the scientific indoctrination of society. Well, we've all grown up in it. We've all been through the same, what we call, school system of social indoctrination. And we get the same media with the same old faces that they keep hanging in those chairs for 60, 70 years. You grow up with these guys. Uh, because they're more trusting, obviously, because you've grown up watching them at 6 o'clock in your own home every night, and these newscasters. So you realize that you, from school onwards, you've been downloaded daily with propaganda, and that's all that the mainstream media is, is propaganda that, that all works for very rich people who run the world, and they run it like a business. And when you realize that history in the past, the national governments, they were run like businesses, uh, every every country is a corporation. That's what a government is. And they take everybody inside that country as a taxpayer and a producer and consumer, and they, they figure out everyone's worth. But they also borrow money on your head, basically, that you have to pay off for their big enterprises, either at home or abroad. Well, now that these rich men of the world are going for the whole world, and everything revolves around economics, including your right to exist or not. And the, the big boys have written so much lately, especially the professors from universities, on this very topic uh, about the useless eaters. They're getting very bold about it now, and they're banding that term about more often. And uh, they just brought a report out in Britain, in fact, one of the big professors there from a major university and one in the States, uh, talking about the, the, the low IQs of the working-class people 
they're just so low today and, uh, and they're really exaggerating the differences between wealthy and poor. And this is all gearing us up to literally um, depopulation agendas, which are openly talked about now at the United Nations. Yeah, the key word, Alan, I think the key word for me uh, is trust. Like you said previously, it's, you know, from, from day one, you know, we're put into this system, and not that the system is universally bad, and I don't really believe anything is really bad or good, you know, polarization-wise, but, you know, it is. It's school. You, know, you interact with people. You, you learn some things, and, and, of course, you forget some things along the way, but the, the key word is trust, teachers, authority, and, and it is, like you yeah. said, the indoctrination. And on top of it, like, like you also mentioned, it's the mainstream media. You know, every day you come home, you're, you're eating your green beans and your corn and your, with your chicken, and you're watching the same pundits well, over and over again. Well, here's the thing, too, and, and not only is that trust mm-hmm. systemic and, and, you know, on television and your teachers, but it's also in your parents, too. You trust your parents to do what's right for you, and your parents trusted their parents, and there's, so there's this almost a very long strain of, of mm-hmm. um, you know, s- social engineering, like you were saying. It's the dumbing down of America. That's... <laughs> it certainly is. It's dumbing down in the whole world because the, the same education system is an international education system. And people should go into UNESCO, the United Nations, and UNESCO was set up to, to set out the agendas for every country on the planet to give them the same dumbed-down education to make them compliant, obedient citizens. Uh, and that was their main goal. Uh, of course, that's, that's a different definition of what most people think education is all about. But really, it's just social engineering. And um, as I say, people, most folk are really unconscious. They go through their life in an unconscious state. Uh, they can talk about the things that are on the media. They can talk about Paris Hilton, their latest exploits, but they don't really know anything in any depth that really does matter to themselves or those around them. So people float through their lives never really thinking, and they'll argue about opinions they've adopted that have been given to them by experts, again, on the media, but they've never thought anything through for themselves. Uh, so, And I think it's probably been the same in most generations. And Huxley and Skinner and others talked about all mammals and how any mammal um, looks to a parent to warn it of what is dangerous to it. If the parent does not know, then that little bear or whatever will walk up to a human and, and get killed, you know. Um, well, it's the same with human beings. We, 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 we hope our parents are aware of what's happening so they can warn us. Well, most are not. They were brainwashed before we were born, and they didn't question things either. They were very obedient servants to, to their, their, their country. They were often to wars that they do nothing about, they got very basic propaganda, that's all they needed. And uh, uh, they didn't know to warn uh, their offspring that this is a, a corrupt, crooked system that is meant to serve a small minority of very, very wealthy families. Sure. No, Alan, I think that not uh, to... Not you're to, right. Yeah. Not, not to uh, diss out the baby boomer generation, but it seems to me, Alan, again, I'm just, you know, I'm only 26, so I have only really them to blame, but it seems as though... Uh, the, the generations, the baby boomers, and the ones afterwards. So, so many of these parents uh, today have no. First of all, they have no concept of how to parent a child or you know several children to begin with. But on top of that, obviously, so much, you know, the idea of your country, you know, taking care of your country, being aware that uh, time and time again throughout history, governments have done the same thing only in slightly different ways. And again, it goes back to the idea about trust. And uh, acknowledgement. See, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, you know. First of all, we have to acknowledge what's going on. That's why I always ask every guest, 
you know, what's the first thing you say to someone to at least, like you say, uh, get the gauge, get the temperature? Is this person even worth trying or spending time on? A lot of people aren't. Um, and I, to me, and maybe you would disagree or agree with this, but every day that a person goes, uh, that a person lives, every day that goes by that they don't uh, understand or they're not told what's, what's kind of going on outside the big scene is another day that the belief system gathers more moss and that belief system gets stronger and it's obviously that much harder to wake someone up. And again, you look at parents, you look at some of the parents out there, they don't either, they don't care or they don't want to know. That's what scares me the most, Alan. Yes, you're right on. We got a, we got a break coming up, Alan. Great stuff. Folks, uh, your phone calls when we get back, 512-646-1984. Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Folks, check it out. He's got a karate suit on. you got to check it out, folks. We shall return with more Alan Watt. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Don't you go dying on me. Hi, my name's Don Wiskin, and for over seven years I've been telling people about Cardivite. Here's Dr. John Matson, a naturopathic doctor, and his views on Cardivite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier, because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work, we can just put them on Cardivite and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with heart problems who have corrected them, and what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect, that yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart, it also has metal chelating effect, and most of the other herbs in there find that strengthen the arteries, they help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy is as close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries, what more can you ask for? To learn more, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit our website at heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P dot com. Times are tough right now, but there are a lot of different ways to get ourselves out of this mess. Providing for our own food, water, and power are a good start. As you may have heard by now, Ken Solar has been configuring alternative energy packages for over a decade. One of Ken's most popular items right now is the new solar-powered generator. For a lot less than you'd expect, this portable system can chop up nearly a third of your electric bill. Getting yourself onto solar power is one of the most liberating things you can do for yourself and your family. The solar-powered generator will run your lights, fan, electric blanket, your refrigerator, and a whole slew of household items. Visit Ken's website at kensolar.com for free downloads, free videos and how-tos, and, of course, the new solar-powered generator. Enter the GCN coupon code during your order and save an additional 10%. Get a solar-powered generator now from kensolar.com. That's kensolar.com. Deadline Live and Jack Blood are proud to announce our new bookstore. Okay, it's not really our online bookstore where you can get every title, book, and DVD you hear about on our live show. It's brought to you by the people at Brave New Books. BraveNewBookstore.com is the newest, bravest, and most complete bookstore online today. And their DVD selection has all the titles you need to decode the new world order and fight the information war. BraveNewBookstore.com has awesome t-shirts to proudly display your patriotism and liberty stickers to alert the public at large. Brave New Books is physically located at 1904 Guadalupe Street under the Chase Bank 
building next to UT in Austin, Texas. So stop on by and maybe stay for one of their film showings. Go to bravenewbookstore.com now to peruse the virtual bookstore and look for the Jack Blood recommended section. Or call them at 866-516-6623. 866-516-6623 to order the books and videos you hear about on Deadline Live. Be the resistance. Tell your friends about bravenewbookstore.com. The Alex Jones Show, broadcast live from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday, right here on We The People Radio Network. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back to the Animal Farm on the We The People Radio Network. Number to reach us, folks, 512-646-1984. We're talking with... Alan Watt through, uh, from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. So if you want to ask him any questions, feel free to do so. Alan, I have this article right here. And since we were talking about the social engineering that we have in our society and uh, the basic, uh, I guess, personality profiles that we're given in our lives, I have this article, and it's uh, entitled, Texas Corrections Officer Contemplates Murdering Inmates. Um, and one of the and, and it's just this this uh, corrections officer, and he posted on the forum all the stuff that he wanted to do to the to the uh, inmates, and one of this was, all I think about is taking the first chance I get uh, to blast an inmate inmate's face off with a shotgun. That's and, pleasant. Yeah, and he also says, in prison, he says, in prison, I will force my will upon the unwilling without so much as a thought for their desires. In prison, a guard is the guy that everyone hates but everybody needs, much like the government. Inmates may hate me, but they will still obey because failure to comply results in assisting them to the ground or applying chemical agents to gain their compliance. Now, what kind of victim of social engineering is this person, and are we all a victim of it in a, in a minor way? It depends. A lot of people are born psychopathic, and I think there's a lot more in society than, than people realize. Uh, the clever ones get to the top. They're generally born into wealthy families. They can go even higher if they're good, clever psychopaths. The bottom ones go into control-type jobs. And um, see, this whole system, especially the militarized system we're living in today, and the police are militarized, completely militarized. They are an army. We should understand yes, that. They, no, they dress like no armies. They have, they have the uniforms with the patches. They have um, they have the boots to, uh, with the, the pants tucked in. Uh, they've changed the same system worldwide. It's the same uniform. Uh, it's all black. That's the, the color of the executioner. And now they're even putting, um, the cops are putting their kills. They're painting yeah. the numbers of kills on their tanks and, and stuff like this. Um, Alan, I'm so glad you mentioned it. I literally am looking at the story. I was going to mention it before we had you on, but, you know, we were just rushing through so many things. And I was just going to bring it up. It, it's getting to the point now that the, the police are so militarized. Not only do they have the gear and the get-ups and the helmets and the blackness everywhere, mm -hmm. uh, but they have this APC. It's the Midland County Sheriff. It's this gray-slash-white-colored uh, APC, which is like, basically like a tank. Uh, with a couple more wheels. And like you said, they actually have two little figurines painted on the side to represent their kills as as if you're like a World War II pilot or you know, any pilot in the military. You say, yes, we've killed two of the enemies. It's getting to the point where, yes, the police are not only trained this way, but uh, they completely think of the population of America as the enemy now. It's no yes, longer to protect, it's not protect yeah. and serve anymore. It's to basically kill and punish. Mm-hmm. And what you find in totalitarian systems, uh, and we saw this at the Nuremberg trial, uh, where where the, the high officers of Germany still 
praised Hitler as a god, literally as a god. And psychopaths tend to do this in a militarized society. Uh, mm. they, they despise the weak beneath them. They treat their, their subordinates ter terribly. They get off in it, actually, because they're pseudo-masochists. But the ones with more power above them, they actually worship. And that is the system that has been deliberately brought in um, for this particular era. Uh, 25, 30 years ago, they knew they had to change the culture and society to bring in uh, a global system where they would need uh, an internal armies to suppress riots and so on because they knew the kind of changes they were going to bring in society. The New World Order isn't simply a global uh, governmental system. It's a totalitarian system where nothing happens by happenstance. Uh, children, as I say, will be born if they're, if they're assigned to be born and stuff like that. And they're also going to start cutting down the food distribution of the world. Um, they want the United Nations eventually to be in sole discharge of all foods to all countries in order to keep the populations of those countries down to a minimum. And if you go over your, your quota, population-wise, you get no more food. That's in the United Nations charters there. So we're looking at, but we're also seeing 30 years of riots predicted by the Department of Defense in Britain. They won't tell you why the riots are coming down for 30 years, but at the same time, anybody with a thinking mind can see for themselves, you are going to see shortage of food. That's planned that way. They want you off the roads. That's why the, gas, the gasoline prices are going through the roof. Not because of the scarcity, it's because they don't want you traveling around. Totalitarian systems never want people traveling around you. They want you confined in your certain areas, your habitat areas. So the, the future they project will be, will be a system where in these habitat areas where you're all crammed in together, um, there'll be tr public transportation only. That's in the United Nations Agenda 21. Uh, there will be no private transportation at all. You will need permits to travel, etc., etc. So this has all been discussed at the Department of Defense. It's also the same Department of Defense that works for all the NATO countries, and they see nothing but th escalating 30 years of riots where they've already decided they might have to use small neutrino bombs to, to control vast riots uh, in the population. If you're just joining us, folks, we're talking with Alan Watt, uh, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Uh, brilliant, straight Alan. It's, you know, it's listening to it. It, you know, it makes a lot of sense. It's terrible. The question, next question I would have for you is, given the technology and how advanced it is today, especially with just within our own government alone, uh, do you think there's a way for us to really take this country back? Do you think that there are enough men and women out there who are going to get fed up enough, quick enough, I should say, uh, in, in the time being, to start really, not just protesting, but start really taking action uh, inside of our government, taking back office, and just starting pressuring our government officials. I mean, is there a chance for this country to not fall into uh, the obvious police state slash martial law state that we are heading towards? Is, is, mm -hmm. Do you think we have a chance here? To be honest with you, it's not, this isn't pessimistic. It's a factual answer, as far as I can, as I can see. You have, an, you have two governments on the go. Here's the problem. You, you have the one that you think you vote in, and it's comprised of multimillionaires on all sides, and who both believe that the economy must come first, everything else comes secondarily. And above them you have what they call the parallel government that Professor Carl Quigley and Margaret Thatcher both talked about. The parallel government is the Council on Foreign Relations in the U.S., and its, it's British um, brother, which is the Royal Institute for International Affairs, is comprised at the top of ex-prime ministers, presidents, and so on.
and they get the real work done behind the scenes. They don't have to ask for public approval on anything. They're the real movers and shakers and quickly call them the technocrats. They wield more power than any politician to get things done. You have the big foundations like the Rockefeller Foundation funding hundreds and hundreds of non-governmental organizations that pressurize governments to pass certain laws along a certain direction, a pre-planned direction. So we don't really have a government as such. We have a bunch of yes-men who are put in there in the the elected governments, and they do what they're told by their own superiors. That's a fact. So, you know, we talk we talk about a lot about fascism and the merger between governmental institutes institutes mm-hmm. and uh, the government itself. So, are you saying that mm-hmm. essentially the new world order that we're talking about isn't necessarily a fascist state where both of those things are meld together, but the new world order and the elites that created the new world order mm-hmm. created the government and those? So they they're basically at the start. They're not the the fascism isn't a result of of, of both of those merging together. Well, all, all systems, all systems always become fascist. Uh, that's just uh, a, the way that a money system will always take uh, the, the people along a fascist way. And that's a natural point of thing, or is that uh, something that's socially? It, it's an outcome of of, of uh, a moneyed system. You see, Marxism was very similar to capitalism. If you really look at it, it was simply that the, the all power would be in the hands of the state. If we look at what was called fascism. All power would be in the state. They would be. They would be in charge of all major industry. Uh, technically, the only difference on paper was that communism uh, would everything, all factories, etc., would be owned by the state. That was the only little difference there. Today, so it's a matter of dealing with centralization mm-hmm. versus decentralization. Absolutely, centralization mm-hmm. was a key point of Marxism. Uh, and decentralize all laws, rules standardized across the country and then internationally. And that's what the United Nations does. Most of the laws that you see for the last 30 years on the books, right down to your plumbing codes, comes from the United Nations. And it's wow. passed into law by your own federal government. And so we're already under the, this, this uh, government. And remember, the United Nations is not a democratic body. Nobody in the public arena uh, votes these people in. Absolutely. And yet they're always yeah. screaming about creating democracy. They're non-democratic in, in actuality. So we're under a fascist system right now. Um, we have, we have uh, corporate fascism uh, and corporate welfare. We build up the big corporations who are tax money and bailouts that happen every two or three years. And, uh, and we also give uh, public institutions like motorways away to private ownership. That's fascism. Wow, very fascinating stuff. We're talking to Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. He is our guest here on Animal Farm. Uh, we will be back momentarily. We're going to take your phone calls. Dex from Kentucky, Frank from Ohio. Stay on the line. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Greetings, I am Dr. Buell Bonscheid with the White Paper Chronicles. Mr. Steve Shank with this fearless radio program is correct when he says the solution to our difficult times is to store food and get healthy. My comrades and I of the media don't want you to panic. We, unlike fearless radio, try not to tell you about the food control legislation. Hurricane Katrina, the American famine, families unable to buy food. If we told you the solution to all these problems is food, you'd panic and run out and buy 
buy a fool before it disappeared, or you couldn't afford it. You'd completely mess up the perfect strategy for population control, and they'd kick us out of the Survivors Club. You are a sissy chicken if you call JMS eFoodsDirect.com and order food. This is Steve. Call 800-409-5633 on the web eFoodsDirect.com. 800-409-5633. You'll be considered a little bit crazy, but there's no such thing as a little bit dead. Everyone knows how the 9-11 disaster touched them directly. On May 11, 2008, every American citizen will begin the slow road to a national identity crisis. Every citizen, young and older, facing the Real ID federal mandate. After 5-11 this year, you will endure the indignities of TSA checkpoints at airports with demands for adequate IDs. Imagine one year from now being barred from entering a postal office or other federal building if you don't have your passport or Real ID. Since when have you ever needed a passport to fly from one city to the next in the U.S.? If Real ID prevails, you risk being cast as a terrorist if you can't provide an ID with a biometric face scan. Trusting motor vehicles authorities may be a thing of the past, but they put your personal information up for sale to those willing to buy your name, your address, your picture, or anything else ascribed to your driver's license. Your information will be funneled into an insecure centralized database where hackers and identity thieves can prey on you and your information. Worst of all, the federal government demands that you and your state pay to implement Real ID. The multi-billion dollar implementation stands to double the cost of your local IDs. It may not stop there. This federal mandate may take from other social program funding, like education, public arts, and other state-funded programs. Digimark, L1 Technologies, Veritech, and other Department of Homeland Security contractors walk away with a huge paid contract. What will you have? They promise freedom through security. If a hacker can walk off with your virtual driver's license, are you really safe? The 511 campaign is here to support you and your state legislators in a move to block the progress of this unconstitutional act. Please add your voice and actions to stop Real ID in its tracks. Please join the first 511 campaign committee meeting Sunday, May 11th at 3 p.m. at Brave New Books to help organize in Austin, Texas. For more information on 511 campaign and the Real ID, please visit beatthechip.org. News, politics, cover-ups. Government corruption. You're listening to We the People Radio Network. WTPRN. All right, you're listening to the Animal Farm on the We the People Radio Network. Number to reach us five one two six four six nineteen eighty four. We're speaking with yeah, Alan the Brain cool. Watt. Who uh, is uh, just a brilliant guy. That's his wrestler uh, name. Yeah. <laughs> He's a brilliant guy. He knows all about the New World Order, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the history of it, the scope of it, uh, the magnitude of what it is. Um, and we are going to go to your phone calls now. Jeffrey from Kentucky, you are on the air. What's up, Jeffrey? How you doing, sir? Hey, uh, Mr. Watt, um, I've been following you for a while, and I'm under the impression from what I've heard from you speak and from what I've read of yours is that uh, the United States of America as it was initially created, was just nothing but another arm of this new world or old world order. I mean, if you look at what George Washington was a member of, I mean, he was a order of the Garter and Benjamin Franklin, like you have quoted before, was a uh, talking about a new world order coming soon. So in all technicality, could you basically just say that we were just replaced from a, a overt autocracy to a covert autocracy in 1776? 
Yes, they had. There was um, European meetings before the United States was created, uh, because the, the elite were had so many wars on the go. They knew that um, the whole world understood that Britain, France, and other countries were just plunderers. They plundered nations through wars, and they could not come forward and guide a world into a global system. So they created a knight in shining armor with no history, the good guy, the champion, or the poor, etc. And that was the United States of America. And uh, it's a new secular order as part of its motto a worldly uh, system, a system run on science and data, etc. That's what you have running this world right now. Yeah. Well, I, I want to ask a question in regards to that, Alan. Um, you know, we talked about how the New World Order is basic centralization of power and the few running the many. Um, you know, but if you look at certain people, not not all people, a lot of federals uh, when the government of America was first founded, but you look at people like Thomas Jefferson that were really for decentralization, that really were for uh, individual states being separate countries, and most of the founding fathers were actually for this, individual states being individual countries, individual yes. towns being uh, countries within those states, and, and all those being uh, a sovereign, almost your, your house. idea of sovereignty. Yeah, yeah your house uh, in itself is almost a sovereign country. I mean, is yes. that is that bad or is that good? I mean, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not but they, they also said uh, that um, the system that they had created could only stand as long as people were an agricultural society. They knew already, especially Franklin, since he was over in Britain many times, uh, that once industry came in, uh, that would be his biggest enemy because industry will always destroy uh, small farmers, etc., get people into cities and make you dependent upon this system of a city. And so they knew that, that uh, they were giving the people a choice to an extent, but they also knew that, that progress, as they called it, was inevitable, that big money people would eventually set up the factory system, and, and they were quite right on that. So they knew uh, it, it, would, it would fall and it would change. I'm sure that many of the Masons involved at that time had different uh, projections or ideas of how this world order would be. Uh, but the bo I think the boys at the top, the really tall one, uh, top boys, really understood the agenda. They've always been elitist at the very, very top of the Freemasonic circle. Sure, Jeffrey, thanks for the call. Uh, right back to the phones. Frank in Ohio, you're on the Animal Farm. What's up? Hi, gentlemen. Great show. Thank you, sir. I heard you speaking earlier about the the efficacy of speaking with the ordinary citizens around us about the fact that we're losing our constitutional rights and whatnot. Yes. And like like I'm sure many of your listeners I've you know, tried to talk to people here and there about Ron Paul and I've been met with total indifference or at least you're, you're a radical you're a radical yeah, Frank. yeah I'm a, i must be an extremist or, then i point, then I point <laughs> out this guy's been a senator for for what decades without a blemish on his Congressman. you know no scandals no problems yep. and, and whatnot and but what you have and this is important thing, it's very important actually you see from world war ii onwards there was a big move to convince the public very quietly to begin with, convince the public not to be involved in creating their own destiny and to leave it to the expert society. This is what Bertrand Russell's and other the guys who worked with Tavistock and other institutions talked about, the, the, the right to convince the public in using, again, techniques, propaganda, 
lots of entertainment to distract them, and, and so that the public would leave it to their betters, you might say, those, those special people from special wombs uh, that, are, that are born above them. And that's been very successful. People are socialized. They've become socialized, and they, they, they expect the experts to just deal with every major problem for them so that they can go out and play and be happy and watch TV and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this, was a, this was a planned technique which has been very successful, and you're seeing the outcome today where people simply don't care. Uh, they're, they're, they're perpetual children. Yeah. <laughs> very good point. And I think, it, you know, I think basically what you said, at least running through my translator, is the media and the banks are basically running things now, and that's not the way it was set up by the founders. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly, we're, we're very far from what the founders had in mind. And right or wrong, we're definitely way, way far from that ideology. Uh, Frank, and the other thing, too, that I wanted to say just before uh, I let Alan respond to that, one of the things, I, and I bring this up once in a while, and then, Alan, I'm glad you said what you said before, you know, is it worth it? When you're talking to the average person on the street or your friends or you're at the bar, whatever the case may be, you have to be careful, and, and I'm guilty of this more than probably anybody uh, listening or in this room, is don't, you know, try not to waste time on someone who just doesn't want it. You know, yes. don't, you know don't waste your time. And I remember uh, Daryl Bradford Smith, who, who hosts the French Connection, I'm not sure where these days, but he was the one who originally kind of pounded that into my head when I listened to his radio show is, you know, some people just don't want it. So you have to be careful. If you find someone who just doesn't, yeah, exactly. If you find one of those, move on. Don't waste hey, your time. There, there are people that point. want to know. Sure, go ahead, Frank. Go ahead, Frank. Uh, one last quick one, if I could. Um, go ahead. You know, I see that beautiful constitution with the, the calligraphy, we the people on the front of your website and whatnot. And actually, recently I've taken to attempting to read the whole thing myself. Even though I've been an English teacher for eight years, I've never read the Constitution. And, one, you know, some of the things we find, in, in not only reading that document, but the letters of the founders and just knowing the customs of the time is that, you know, the voting privileges, as both you guys know much better than I do, were, were quite limited at the time to, you know, males who owned land. And I think White even libertarians and... And people such as ourselves tend to shy away from that these days, which which shows that even we ourselves are pretty far from what the founders taught. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll let you go with that. And thank you very much. Yeah, the, the founders. Call, yeah, the founders had uh, quite a lot of talks about that. They didn't believe that ordinary people should just have the vote to prove your worth by having. It wasn't just land, but a certain amount of land. It was a minimum requirement uh, to be a voter. So they didn't, they didn't believe in this kind of true freedom for everyone. They didn't have faith in the common person if, if he was um, poor. And they got that whole idea from the British system. They got a lot from the British system. And that's how it was in Britain. You couldn't vote unless you literally owned uh, quite a bit of property in the 1700s. Well, Alan, there, was, there were different discussions uh, about that. Um, there was, you know, I, I know there was that famous argument between um, uh, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams about... You know how much how much faith each of them had in, right. in each uh, in man, and, and Thomas Jefferson had, I guess, apparently a lot of faith in his fellow man, and and uh, John Adams didn't have very much faith in his in his fellow man. So sure. there's that whole there's that whole dynamic to it. Not all of these uh, all of these people agreed on everything, but yeah. it's it's very clear that the Constitution itself there's uh, <laughs> a lot of things wrong with it. I mean, there was a mm -hmm. lot a lot of things wrong with it. Sure. No yeah, question. and the no, old thing no, is too. 
Yeah, the, the odd thing is, I mean, you get a lot of intelligent men, a lot of lawyers too involved in creating that constitution, and I often, and who, who are very incredibly well educated, really well educated in various languages too, and histories, and for them to leave big holes that you drive buses through is rather astounding to me, because they left so yeah massive holes there. Yeah. Right. We're going to jam one more call. Al in South Dakota. We got about a minute left. What's up? Hi. Well, I just want to make a couple points. Uh, great show you guys are having. Appreciate listening to you. Uh, Thank you. The first Thanks. point I'd like to make is uh, people have become, if, if you, anybody has pets out there, uh, you know, your pet becomes very uh, dependent upon you to feed it and put it out and clean its litter box yep. and uh, do all those sorts of things. And some people are very happy with that domestication. Yep. Um, and that's why you said, you know, make sure you pick and choose who you discuss with. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the other, um, the other point was um, corporations aren't supposed to have rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, those rights are individual, God-given, and God didn't invent the corporation. But uh, somehow we we keep seeming to uh, get slanted in our in our view by education, by the word that people use, and by the uh, schemes that they come up with. Yes, and of course there was, sure. that's true. It was very rich men in the United States that uh, gave the corporations the same rights as individuals, uh, as entities. You know. Oh, this is great, Alan. We have to get you back on. Obviously, we're way out of time. This just flew by. Great stuff. Once again, yeah, folks, Alan Watt. Yeah, no, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Get on the website, folks. Look at the books. Order some DVDs and books. Uh, great stuff. Alan, once again, thank you for joining us tonight. It's been a true pleasure. Anything else you want to say before we go? Yeah, even though it sounds bleak, never give in. Uh, This is what it's all about. Some people are happy slaves, others are not. Uh, Just to make your life count, that's what it's all about. Amen, brother. Alan the Brain Watt. Thank Thank you very much for coming on, Alan. We uh, we appreciate it, and we got to get you back on very soon to uh, talk more about this. Sure, folks. Great stuff, great calls. For Ben, for Pyeth, I am Tony Pack saying, dissent in your government is American as apple pie. Folks, we'll be back Tuesday. With another episode of Laura Lie on Tuesdays from now on. Animalfarmshow.com. Stay tuned.